Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. And welcome and thank you for joining us. Always happy to spend our day with you. Got a great show as always for you. Lots of interesting topics today. And uh, thank you for finding us, however you found us this time. Uh, Tell your friends, please, about the show. They can listen to us in many, many ways. You can go to computerandtechnologyradio.com. You can find us there. Uh, You can find us on most of the streaming services like iHeartRadio, iTunes, uh, Google. What is the Google one called, Marsha? Google Podcasts. Google Podcast. Okay. There's a clever name, Google Podcast. Uh, So you can find us in all of those things. And uh, maybe one day again, we'll be doing a live show. We're we're trying to work on that. We'll see if that goes well. So uh, how was your week? Uh, Busy week, lots of tech. We have a lot of things to report on because people out there want to hear about the tech. And hey, that's our job, right? (laughs) Wow. That's fascinating. I hadn't thought of that before. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's what the show's idea. all about. So I'll bet that your eyes were glued to the Apple Spring event. You know, these uh, it's an interesting event, and there's, they're always a big deal when Apple does a event, uh, what they call spring-loaded event, the first launch of 2021. Um, you know, I, I, the only thing I do, I am an Apple fan, except for computers. I use my iPad. I use my iPhone. Uh, that's pretty much the extent of my involvement with Apple. I, I'm a PC guy and have always been, but it's always interesting to see what Apple's going to be coming out with. You know, they, uh, the latest thing, of course, that they've been talking about, and I, frankly, these have been around a long time, and I don't really see the whole big deal of them, but did you ever use uh, what they're calling their Apple AirTags or the equivalent of those, the, the squares? Uh, No, because the honest truth, there's been a product for ages called Tiles. Tiles, We've had Tiles, half the price, (laughs) that have been around like forever. Exactly. I wasn't exactly wowed by AirTags, except for the fact that the AirTags do integrate with the Find My Phone or whatever you guys call it over on Right, which is nice. which, Which is nice, but... The problem with the item and the reason I don't use tiles, same reason I wouldn't use AirTags, is I don't want this thing on my keychain. You know, if it was a little piece of tape that you could glue to the key, you know, or a chip you could glue to the key, I'm in. I think it's a great, but it's not. It's a plastic thing. And I and I don't disagree with you. They showed a picture that it's about this a little bigger than a, a, a junior mint or you know a milk dud or something like that. Right, which is so the it's same kind of size, size as tiles. Yeah, exactly. They're square. This is round. So uh, they charge twenty nine bucks a piece for these. Now the one thing you talked about, which is you know it'll help you find your phone or it'll help you find you know your um, something else. Well, it's already built into your phone and it's right. built into my watch. So it's I mean, I have a little button. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I have a little button on my watch. I am endlessly misplacing my iPhone. So there is a button that I can go to on my watch and hit play sound. 
and I just keep hitting it until I hear the sound and I find it. So, I, you know, I don't know. I, I just don't see doing it. As you say, the uh, the tiles were something I tried. I thought they were kind of fun. I was endlessly losing my keys because I seemed to lose everything. So I used it for a while. Then, I got, as you say, I got tired of carrying the thing as an but additional But i got to tell on... you, what's really funny on the Huawei phones, mm-hmm. when you use Google's uh, Find My Device and you've selected your phone, your phone says, I'm here, and it keeps plays a little music, then says, oh, I'm funny. here. Yeah, at least it makes you laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. It's a cute idea. I mean, you know, so back to the Apple stuff. Um, next week, they're going to be releasing iOS 14.5, um, which is supposed to update a whole bunch of things. They've redesigned their Apple podcast. So there's a new redesign with subscriptions and recommendations and such. Hopefully, they'll recommend our show. Um yeah, the I don't iPad think so. Pro, yeah, probably not. But you know, one guy, maybe I'll Kim give Tim Cook a call. I know he's a big listener, so hopefully uh, he can get us on there. Um, but so they came out with a new iPad Pro, which is again faster, stronger, blah blah blah. I upgraded my iPad about a year ago, and it's fast. It's really fast. And I waited in the on the iPad Pro because they're expensive. You know, they can be upwards of eleven to fourteen hundred dollars. So unlike other things, I might upgrade on a you know quicker basis. I don't do that with the iPad Pro. But it got uh, the new M1 chip along with the new iMac at an M1 chip. It goes up to two terabytes of storage, which frankly very few people actually need. It'll go up to sixteen gigabytes of memory. It's got five G connectivity, and you know again, who cares? Because I use my iPad mostly at home or the office, which is Wi-Fi. Um, it's got a new 12 megapickle, pickle, <laughs> 12 pickle, megapickle megapickle. Oh, we've got a new yeah. word. I like this. A megapickle. <laughs> wow. Yeah. The, the I new like tech that. Radio I like megapickle. the sound of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, um, the 12.9 pro gets a, uh, XDR display. Uh, and so it's got some nice bells and whistles. It starts at, uh, the 12.9 inch model, which is the biggest one starts at $1,099, the 11 inch at $799. So, uh, and then the new iPad, iMacs, of course, are starting at $1,299, which is not. Can I jump uh, in here about the new iMacs? Yeah, please. Yeah. I think they're adorable. I mean, a pink one. I mean, just like. Yeah, they're colorful. It's, it's, the colors are just adorable. But the truth is, for thirteen hundred dollars, I'll spray paint an old one. Because <laughs> to yeah, be, yeah, exactly. all you're getting is an eight-core CPU. You're right. getting eight gigabytes of RAM, which right, didn't okay. no, only a seven-core GPU, two hundred and fifty-six gigabyte SSD. I mean, this is all you're getting for thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah, it's a lot. And no. that's the starting price. Well, you that's know, what so... I mean. And these are the starting uh, specs. So, yeah, yeah, of course you can configure it to more money. But, you know, I don't know that people who are looking for, and I, they are, they're adorable. They're pretty pink, yeah, orange, they're, they're yellow, blue. Yeah. They're gorgeous. But you're not getting value for your money. But then again, maybe with Apple, you don't care. Well, you never I don't did. Know. I mean, remember, when Apple came out, it was more of the uh, snobbery of having an Apple. Uh, Although, you know, for many years, Apple devices, uh, you know, versus PCs, PCs had a lot of problems, a lot of technical issues, and Macs didn't. 
part of that came is the fact that the Mac was built, all parts built by Apple, where the PCs had a conglomeration of, you know, 12 different yeah, companies. Yeah, lots inside of your vendors, computer. which yeah, we so might, it, by the way, say is now why the world is in the situation it's in because the supply chain has been fractured and basically destroyed. Not even Apple can get all their chips. Nobody you know, can get I, all their chips. Yeah, I read an interesting story that uh, graphic cards are next to impossible to get. That's right. I was on a They're... panel this week in Europe about the supply chain and the chip problems. And honestly, yeah. um, you can't, no matter what anybody fantasizes here in the U.S., you can't just say, let's build a, a chip factory right now. Right. Let's have it. It's not going to happen. You need five years up and running. And right now we don't have the chips. And the chips go into cars. They go into almost anything, any IoT device. Right. So this is going to cut down whatever American companies we have, um, their production and their profits. Yeah, it's this very is a interesting. serious issue. I read a very interesting article about a guy who was trying to buy a graphics card, and you know, it was it's like the PlayStation Five. You cannot get your hands on one. But I didn't know this was an issue with graphic cards. And he told an interesting story about for those of you who don't know what a bot is, it's a computerized program that you set up on your computer that searches the internet every three seconds for a reload of something, whether it's a PlayStation Five or whether it's a graphics card, and allows you to buy that thing quicker than the normal human being can do that. Yeah, you it use it at Christmas story. when you're looking for stuff. Yeah, and it was fascinating. But it. At the, well, at the end of the day, his conclusion was it didn't help him at all. He tried to do it. It didn't work. And, you know, he, he bought a bot program that you had to pay for. And he ended up getting them just by sheer luck, by going in at exactly the right time and, you know, and getting what he wanted to get. So there's a lot of that going on. Um, otherwise, they in, introduced a new Apple TV 4K which, again, not 100% sure how many people really care about Again, that. Do, yeah, do you really need it? Because you can just don't subscribe really. to Apple TV. <laughs> it's yeah. like you don't need the device. Don't need that. And, I mean, frankly, the but, highlight... Oh, go ahead, Marsha. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, uh, we are hurting ourselves in the long run because of the technology advances that are happening overseas right. in Asia and Europe that we can't get hold of because we are now having these let's build it in America. But we haven't planned for that for the past 20 years. So Yeah, it's a problem. I mean, <laughs> frankly, the biggest announcement that came out as far as I was concerned was that they showed a trailer of the new Ted Lasso Season 2, mm -hmm. which is on Apple TV, which I know, Marcia, you've watched, and I love, love that. I watched it from the first day it came out, and it's a wonderful show. And so they showed a, a, a trailer for that. So a lot of Mac stuff, a lot of new things that have come out. I think people aren't maybe rushing to upgrade quite as quickly as they used to. Um, so we'll see where that goes. But it's always a fun event to find out, you know, what Apple's bringing out and, and their new stuff and such. Um, you found a story but about... I love this. And this is General yeah. Motors. This, yeah, this is, is America's fun. General Motors. Not so funny in the fact that we can't get it in the United States. Right? Right. Um, it's a tiny, a subsized car. What are those cars? Right. The smart cars. Though that's a smart, smart cars, yeah. That's also a sub car. But this yeah. is a new car that GM is selling in China called the Hongguang Mini EV. <laughs> I'm sorry, and it was what? Hongguang Mini EV. 
And it comes in three pastel shades. It's just, it's as adorable as the new iMac. It is. It's really a cute looking little car. And it comes with a cabriolet cover convertible, um, you know, as an option. But it's $6,000 for an EV. Yeah. $6,000. And it has safety features. Um. And this is General Motors partnering with a company in China. Um, uh, they're adorable. And it. what I love, because, you know, EVs are quiet and they've talked about, you know, they hit deaf people by where they hit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, nobody yeah. can hear it. OK, um, right. but it has a sound that it plays when it travels at a low speed to warn nearby pedestrians. I love that. I think it's excellent. Yeah, well, do they we did that, that years ago. Yeah, yeah but do uh, we have the that Prius, here? if I remember, well, if I remember this correctly, when the Prius first came out by Toyota, it was quiet and there were a lot of complaints by people, pedestrians, who couldn't hear it coming. And I think they put in, correct me if anybody's listening and you can email us or tweet us or whatever, um, that they put in a little feature that made it sound like they actually had an engine. Yeah, and well, that's you know, kind of the same thing concept is, here. This is six thousand dollars <laughs> again. Right. Um, yeah. It can reach a top speed of sixty-three miles per hour. I mean, which is great for running around the city, not yep. on freeways. Uh, travels up to one hundred and five miles per charge, which isn't a lot, but no, it's what not. it is is the perfect car for running it around the, you know, go to the supermarket, you know, do this, do that. It actually. Uh, GM said that 270,000 of the Hongguang Mini EVs had been sold since July 2020, and that had a $4,400 starting price. Yeah. They are outselling Tesla Model 3 by nearly two to one, according to the BBC. Well, excuse me. Um, it's It's an adorable car. They can tell me that there's a lot of safety features in it, but I have to say, I don't want to be between two Mack trucks and be the okay. little car in the middle well, of it. Well, let me just say, because there's a big push to bicycles, would you rather be on a bicycle or in this car? Well, yeah, if given that okay, choice, sure. But there's a big push to bicycles for around your neighborhood and going to the supermarket and running errands. Right. This, to me, at its price point, is the yeah, perfect thing. And it's $6,000, and it's General Motors, and is it here in the U.S.? No, it isn't. No. Have they said anything about if it's coming to the U.S.? Nope, it's not, because it's a partnership with a Chinese company. Yeah, that's too bad. I mean, that would be kind of a fun vehicle to have as your, you know, your second oh, car. Yeah. You want to go down yeah. to the market. You know, you you have a short range of places you want to go. So as you say, 100 miles is not very far. But uh, it's pretty cool looking, I have to say. I, I was kind of impressed by the way it looks. And it outsells and, the model Tesla's Model 3 by nearly two to one, which I love. Yeah, and that's not, not any Chinese government number. That's uh, BBC reporting. So No, that's, that's really cool. interesting. So, yeah, good stuff. All right, so we've been talking about 5G now for, I don't know, since the first day that 5G was announced it was coming out. And, and right. we've been pretty strong in, in our feelings about it. But uh, apparently there's a con game going on, which is what? Well, it's marketing. Come on. Um, you know, Verizon partners with Ericsson and Samsung to begin deploying C-band. 
Verizon plans to cover 100 million people with C-band ultra-wideband 5G. Now, meanwhile, this is all word salad to the average customer. It just sounds real. Doesn't it sound impressive? 100 million people and C-band equipment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. T-Mobile then counters that its mid-band 2.5 gigahertz 5G already covers 125 million with 200 million mm-hmm. by the end of 2021. So, wow. I mean, they also claim their mid-band 5G has more propagation uh, than the 3.7 to the 3.9 Anyway, word salad, I told you guys in the beginning, there are different forms of 5G. And the bottom line is, it's, 4G LTE really works well. And it's only gotten better with the 5G as it's come out. I mean, AT&T all of a sudden has this brilliant advertising campaign, and it worked. I mean, and they have the smallest possible amount of 5g it's absolutely crazy yeah that really is kind of interesting i you know i've used 5g you know as i'm roaming if i'm and you know nobody's been in their cars for the last year but um when i'm out and i see you know i hit a 5g and it comes on and it it works you know it's fine but i don't know that i really noticed any um, anything of any consequence, you know, in, oh, my God, this is a major difference between my 4G and my 5G. So I don't know. I guess we'll see where that goes. And we talked well, about last know, week, was it 6G? Yeah, I'm going I'm going to uh, spark up a 5G phone probably later today or tomorrow. And but honestly, I still can't can't figure out why I need it. Um, I don't care about nationwide coverage. I don't. My my LTE phone works just great. I don't see why we have to pay extra money for you know, more expensive phones that who cares that may or yeah, may not work exactly. and burn your battery because they're always trying to connect to 5G. Unless you disconnect that 5G, Depending on your phone, and Mark, not everything's an iPhone or a top-level flagship Android. No, right. You know, there's a lot of phones out there who are struggling to catch that 5G signal, and it burns up your battery. Yeah. Yeah. So so I'm not seeing it. Um, 5G wars, it's all marketing. They all just want your money. (laughs) Surprise! Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, All right. So uh, I think kind of feel like we had the story a year ago maybe about this mcdonald's hacked ice cream machine well no what we had a year ago was the fact that the mcdonald's ice cream machines don't work all the time and somebody put together a website where you can go and you can you can just search which like if your local uh, mcdonald's ice cream machine is working because maybe it's not working because generally, you know, people go in, they like their ice cream, they want to go in and get it. So these people about a year ago set up this website so you could get an instant report. Now, how could they get an instant report? Now we know, we finally know. Um, The ice cream machines made by, used by McDonald's are made by Taylor. You might have recognized the name on the front of them if you've ever seen one. It's the Taylor C602 digital ice cream machine. 
which is so easy to use. It was crazy. All you have to do to set it up to make the milkshake is press a couple of buttons and boom, it works. And what's even better, and I can't find the details on it right now, but cleaning the machine, and that is one of the things I had a friend who had a yogurt shop in Catalina. And at the end of the day, they had to take down the yogurt machine and clean it out. And that that's a big deal. It, it takes about an hour. But yeah. this Taylor machine that McDonald's uses, at night, you have to lower the amount of the ice cream juice in the machine. It goes through a heat cycle to pasteurize it, to repasteurize what's in the machine. And then it goes into a deep hmm. chill. I mean, it's a brilliant piece. And the standard Taylor digital ice cream machine in a McDonald's kitchen, um, one franchisee said it's like an Italian sports car. It's highly, yeah. highly engineered. But, you know, it takes in liquid ingredients through a hopper, freezes them in a spinning barrel, and then spews out that magically delicious stuff from, you know, like yeah, flurries. Yeah, that's good stuff. And all that. But the problem is... The people who own them, the franchisees, cannot fix them themselves. If something goes wrong, if something isn't 100% within those machines, they will fail. So people get used to, you know, how can I fix? I mean, if you owned one, if you owned the store, wouldn't you want to take care of it? Some pieces have to be lubricated. The machine's parts include no fewer than two dozen rubber and plastic O-rings of different sizes. I mean, all, and it's a finicky, finicky machine. So there are people who have learned how to do this just to protect their own businesses because they're forced to buy them as McDonald's franchisees. Yeah, that's crazy. And McDonald's, oh, by the way, the website uh, we were talking about at the beginning was called mcbroken.com. M-C-B-R-O-K-E-N.com. So it will let you know if you uh, your local McDonald's machine doesn't work. But That's cool. It was interesting. Um, people are you know, thinking about you know, helping their stores fix it. But McDonald's is behind this. And this is what right to repair is all about. This right. is the thing that we've all been talking about. There's a thing in U.S. law called the first sale doctrine that limits the seller's ability to control what a consumer does with their copy of a copyrighted work or item after purchase. That's a law, okay? And somehow what I just described, them preventing people from working on them, is against the law. And imagine if you're a farmer and you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a new tractor because the new tractors, for those of us aren't, that aren't in farming, the new John Deere tractors do everything but package up the vegetables. I always I mean, wanted it, one of those. I, I don't right. know why. I always want to ride on cool. one, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, but you know, the problem I, that, is cool. uh, something always goes wrong, needs fixing. We all know this. Yeah. But because the central software is the intellectual property of its manufacturer, the said manufacturer may claim that you do not actually own your own tractor outright because John Deere owns the central software and mm-hmm. only John Deere and its approved agents can repair any part connected to it. 
Hey, Apple, I hear you. It's just sounds sounds familiar. Your choice is either to take your tractor to an approved shop, which is often a great inconvenience and personal expense, or hack it yourself, which violates the licensing agreement, punishable by revoking your license to use the software. Hmm. So, again, all of this rant between McDonald's and John Deere is do we have the right when we pay for something to be able to get it fixed ourselves? I want to be able to fix my own phone. I want to be able to fix my own everything. I'm I'm still trying to imagine how I get my John Deere tractor down to the store. You know, do you hop on it and go on the uh, freeway and drive it over there? Well, the thing, no, the thing is you're getting it there because it's not working. So you have to have a tow. Can you imagine imagine the giant tow truck you have to deal with? Oh, my God. And the expense? Oh, When we were at CES, we saw, I think it was, I don't know if you remember this, uh, when the last time we were actually at CES, they had a John Deere, it was was a gigantic machine. And I think it laid down grass or it was a cedar or something like that. But these are massive machines. And I kind of wanted that one too. Uh, well, I saw a very – in Switzerland, I saw a very cool one that looks it kind of like in an H she, shape. Yeah. And the guy sits in the middle, the crossbar, and as it rotates, goes over the crops, it stirs up the soil and plants new seeds. And the coolest thing I'd ever seen. But yeah, anyway. that's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, All right, they, so, they still claim they own the software. So we really have right. to, you know, you can follow the hashtag right to repair on Twitter. You'll find a lot of people on there and even an organization that's helping to finance it. Right. So. Cool. All right. So you've been using uh, Samsung phones for, for a while. Um, I've tested them in the past. I've tested their, uh, their pads, you know, their tablets and such. Uh, but apparently they're launching some software updates so you can use your old phones as an IoT device. Well, you see, and this, the reason I found this story was very much, and our next story that, that we're going to talk about, is it's the Galaxy upcycling at home. So Samsung is allowing consumers to repurpose their older phones into IoT devices. Right. Which we've talked about the things you can do with old phones, and Mark's going to give you a list of a bunch of things. But it's a software Mm -hmm. update that provides enhanced sound and light control. And it can be used like a baby monitor, or it can be used as a light sensor to turn lights on and off in a room or to dim the lights when the lights in the room, you know, in other words, if the sun is setting, then it'll turn on the lights. Uh, Samsung Smart Labs is coming up with a lot of features that's going to be part of this software. And it's important because think about it. The, the amount of stuff that we throw away every year is insane. Um, it can be used to save certain sound recordings, like a baby crying, a dog barking, or a knock, so that when the device detects these sounds, it'll alert the consumer's main device, the phone you have in your hand or the watch you have on your wrist, so you can listen to the recordings and know if there's a problem. I think yeah, it's brilliant. Great. And I think it's a real step forward, and bravo to Samsung for doing this. I, I you know, it's re- to me that's groundbreaking. To me, that's what we need for the future. So it's called yeah, Galaxy think- Upcycling at Home. And yeah, I think that's great. More will be seen from it. 
Uh, cool. Uh, okay, so we've talked about, you know, device. What do you do with your old phone? Well, you know, I have recently gone on the Apple upgrade program, which is once a year you get to upgrade your phone and you pay a monthly, you know, fee to to buy the phone. You don't have to upgrade, but it gives you the ability to get a new phone. So I used well, to Well, which pass I'm down- sorry, so you're still you're playing right into their hands on right to repair is that you never own your own stuff. Well, you keep and that's paying, true. I mean, but you, you never own it, right? Well, you can. You you have the option with this where you can. You spend thirty to fifty bucks a month, and you don't have to upgrade at the end of the twelve month period. If you want to just keep the phone, you just pay it off, and it's the same price. They don't charge you interest, so it's not a bad program. But it kind of you know, oh, the new phone's out. All I have to do is turn it in. And I used to use my phones, and I would give pass them down to my daughter or you know to someone else, and uh, we would use it for that. But if you have old phones, like around. There are a number of uses you can have because I know Marsh and I both have phones that we've tested through the years and things. So some of the things you can do, you can turn it, you know, we're all security conscious these days. You can to- turn your your uh, phone into a security camera. You can download a security app. There's one called Alfred, which I have not tested, uh, but you can run it on. You mount the phone where you would need to have it. So you, you know, in your window, at your front door, whatever, whether it's using a uh, tripod or a suction cup. And now you suddenly turned it into a your smartphone into a feed where you can actually either watch it from where you are or record for later use so that's kind of a good thing uh, the second thing is give it to the kids you know nobody says that your kid has to have the latest greatest fanciest phone uh, if you're you know if you don't want your kid you don't want to spend money on buying a new phone just give it to them um, you know they don't need cellular connection for the camera to work so they can use the phone as a camera if they want to do that. Um, they can connect to Wi-Fi if they want to and search the internet and, you know, make VoIP calls and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, give it to the kids if you don't want to spend a lot of money. Nothing wrong with that. Um, you can use it as a gaming system. You know, a lot of gaming systems have come out through the years. Uh, Nintendo and PlayStation and Xbox, they all come out with handheld devices. Well, if you've got an old phone sitting around, just use it for gaming. Um, a lot of people now, you know, as you get older, you don't see the little phones as much as you would like to see on a big gaming system. But uh, that's a fun thing to do, and the kids will be entertained by using that. Um, use it as a video chat platform. Your old smartphone can be an interface for video chatting, for, you know, FaceTime or for whatever and other And in kind general, of they have a better camera than Right, they do. They the absolutely do. Yeah. You know, you want to call your friends or grandma or whatever, uh, you can use that as a uh, device. You can also use it as a wireless webcam. If you don't have a webcam for your desktop or your laptop or for some reason it's not working, use your old smartphone. There's a software called DroidCam and Epicam, uh, I guess it's called, uh, turns your smartphone into a web uh, camera as well. Use it as an alarm clock. You know, wake me up at a certain time. If it's an extra phone, put it on your, you know, your desk or your uh, display stand at night, and suddenly you got a big display showing you what time it is, and it'll it'll tell you, you know, the time. Wake up! It's time to get up. Uh, I've used mine as a TV remote. I have several. For example, my Apple TV. I hate the Apple TV remote. Hate it. So I use. Oh well, the Apple one on announced a new TV remote. Yeah, I saw it. I didn't do anything for me. I mean, honestly, there's a there's a um, an app looks for the, the Apple same TV. To me. Yeah, it looks the same to me too. It absolutely. It was one of the worst of, of all the things that Apple's done right. Everybody's complained about the Apple TV um, remote control. It's terrible. So I use that as a remote, and many TVs will allow you to connect to your phone. Uh, I have a new LG TV, and I can use my iPhone for that if I want to do that. 
Well, um, honestly, lastly, I use my I use my old phones so that every room in the house I have a device. I don't have to use my you know the phone that I use for texting or whatever. And if I want to look up something, it's right you know in the living room. There's one in the yeah. family room. They're all over, and I, I have access to knowledge anywhere I go. Right, exactly. No, they're great. Uh, they really are great. So, you know, there's some tips for things. Um, okay, I've told through the years, many, many, and Marsha has as well, customer service stories that have been, for the most part, horrendous. I mean, just awful companies who don't care, who don't respond, who don't do the things they need to do. Marsha, you've had a million stories like this through the years. Well, uh, and th- just so you know, if you listen to Twitter every Tuesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time, we run the customer service chat for the past uh, 12 years every Tuesday night. So if you want to talk about customer service or discuss best practices, please join us. That's every Tuesday on Twitter, at CustServe. So there's exactly. my commercial. So I, I don't know if you've ever been to, and this this would be, uh, I they may have some out of state, I'm not sure. But in California, Marcia, have you been to the old spaghetti factory? No. Okay, the Old Spaghetti Factory has been around since 1951. They were in Hollywood for a long time, and they're in a number of different places. And it's this great old restaurant that served, um, you know, some some really fun food and, and Italian food and such. And we got introduced to a cheese called Mazithra cheese. I don't know if you've ever used Mazithra cheese. It's a spicy, uh, a sharp, no, I shouldn't say spicy, a, a sharp cheese, and we fell in love with it. And we couldn't find it for many, many years, and it was driving my wife crazy. She absolutely loved this cheese. She couldn't find it anyplace in the markets and whatever, and it was hard to find. So she asked me to get the information so she could get in touch with people from the old spaghetti factory who were up in Portland, Oregon. And she got on the phone, um, a gentleman by the name of uh, Adolf Lehman, who turned out to be the vice president of, uh, I think it's pronounced Dussin Foods. And she left him a message, tearful, we love this, we can't find it any place, no matter what we do, the family loves it. She said, I think that's the reason that my family comes over to eat with us, and you know, blah, blah, blah. And she went on and on for her message. Well, he called back, and they had a delightful hour chat about all the things and you know, he came from the area we used to live in and so on and so forth. And she explained the story. I can't find this. I don't know what to do about it. Well, long story short, he said, let me see what I can do. A couple of days later, we get a box in the mail of Mazithra cheese. And he what said, was the name of that cheese? It's called Mazithra. And uh-huh. it's, a, it's an outstanding cheese. It's spelled M-I-Z-I-T-H-R-A. And it's, um, I, don't, I don't know if the Old Spaghetti Factory owns Mazithra.com or, or what, but they, he was such a terrific guy and so thoughtful and so great. He wanted to put her voice message on their, answer, on their website so they could, uh, you know, talk about it. And like I say, lo and behold, all of a sudden shows up a box of, of this Mazithra cheese, which we were having difficulty finding. And he was so kind and so nice, and they had such a nice chat. So it's nice to have a good story about customer service because this is the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to, whether it's a tech issue or any kind of company or an airlines or credit card or, or God forbid, AT&T, this is the way the world should run. You shouldn't have to 
have issues. So, uh, you know, just a special shout out. I wanted to tell the story because it's a great story. Again, to uh, Adolf Lehman, um, who is the VP of uh, Dustin's Foods, is also uh, Old Spaghetti Factory. Dustin Thank you for Foo- being so- Dustin Foods is actually OSF International. Right. They which are is Old all Spaghetti over the Factory. world. They have restaurants the way- in. They have forty-five oh, restaurants. They have forty-five yeah. restaurants in fourteen states and Japan. So this, you know, it started. It's also operated in Hamburg, Germany. Yeah, it's an international brand, and it's really good to see when a company of that size really responds to the customers. They really care. And by the OSF, by the way, is Old Spaghetti Factory. So that's mm-hmm. where the the OSF comes yes. from. And yes. yeah, and thank you to to, to Adolf because what a cool dude he was and uh i recommend the cheese and check out their stuff because uh it's a great story and and thank you for everything that you did i appreciate it um okay so this is the time of the show where we search the planets the universe and today amazon.com for the buy of the week Uh, and it just says I was loading it, Marsha, my iPhone, my iPad closed up. Okay, so uh, this is the Cowan E7 Active Noise Canceling Headphones. They're Bluetooth headphones. Uh, they come with a microphone, deep bass, wireless headphones that are over the ear, the kind that Marsha and I wear for the show. Um, they have uh, 30 hours of playtime, so you can take them on the road, on a plane, anything you want to do with them. Uh, active noise canceling technology, so you've got significant noise reduction for travel work uh, and a multitude of other things. It has the 45 millimeter large adapter drivers. Uh, they have what they call deep, accurate bass sound. High qual- again, they've got a high quality mic with NFC technology. Uh, they have something called a professional protein ear pack and 90 degree swivel ear cups. So they're durable, they're high quality and such. And again, 30 hours of playtime per charge, which is pretty good stuff there. So uh, n- the price is good. It's normally $59.99. You'll like this, Marsha, because it comes in seven different colors. Uh, purple and yellow and black and blue and red and green and white. Um Amazon has a special for 10% off on top of that. So you'll save another uh, five bucks on that. So you're going to get these for around $45. And again, it's the Cowan E7 active noise canceling headphones out of 71,000 ratings. They got four and a half stars. And that is available uh, today on Amazon. So check those out if you need a new set of headphones. Yeah, just uh, just for me, they looked awfully big. And they're they're manly. I will say they're manly looking. I guess unless and you I use have the invested colors. in a Bose a noise canceling headset, which were great. I've yeah, I've had two that have covered me through the past thirty years. So I figure they amortize out that cheap. So <laughs> right, I I love the Bose, but this is a great buy. But and they're very manly and they're very techy looking. But yeah. I think it would you know, hurt my neck. They're big. <laughs> and that is our buy of the week for the day. Uh, okay. But because we don't have uh, oddly a lot of time left, Marcia, pick your next story that you want to do because we also okay. want to talk about some movie stuff. Real quick, a couple of security things that I'm going to say real quickly. Geico had a data breach. Geico, the insurance company. Shocking. Problem with, with this data breach is driver's licenses were numbers were taken. Now, the reason that's a problem is you need a driver's license to apply for unemployment benefits. And once people have those things, they can apply for unemployment benefits in your name. 
So be very careful. Look through your email. Be sure you don't get anything that says you've applied for unemployment benefits. And if you do it, do not reply to the email. Go directly to the site and take care of it. Second thing, if you are the owner of a Consori smart air fryer, which is a <laughs> Wi-Fi connected kitchen product, right? Yeah. Uh, which, you know, uses the internet to give you a remote control over cooking temperature, time settings, you know, pre-programmed, blah, blah, blah. Consori, it's a brand name. It's 5.8 quarts. Model number CS158-AF. Yes, it has been hacked. It has been hacked with a vulnerability with with remote code executions. So what does this all mean to you? Uh, you're going to say, well, I don't care about my French fries. But the point is it's connected to your home network. And anything that's connected to your home network can pass these vulnerabilities off to other systems like your computer. So it can potentially lead to hijacking your system, remote tampering, uh, keyboard logging, all the bad things, uh, dropping malware payloads. So be careful. And if you have the Consori Smart Air Fryer, please look into it because the company has not, quote, responded appropriately within the 90-day vulnerability disclosure period. No, really? A company not getting good customer service? What? Right. And there's no patch available right now. As of 420... um, the Consori said some kind of nonsense, and they claim they will issue a patch on the 25th, which is tomorrow. But don't hold your breath. Okay. Uh, all right. So uh, this Sunday is the Oscars, which I found boring the last number of years. I'm and not watching it, watch, so you know, but if you, And frankly, the films this year did absolutely nothing for me. Uh, because I'm no. in Screen Actors Guild, they send us screeners, and I don't think I watched I watched one of these films and I fell asleep watching it. Uh, but if you want to see the Academy-nominated films, there's Mank, which was about the uh, guy that wrote Citizen Kane. Uh, that's on Netflix. Uh, no, uh, Nomadland, which was supposed to be a very good film, uh, with Francis, Francis McDormand, uh, that's available on Hulu. Sound of Metal, uh, which I frankly don't know anything about, but that's available on Amazon Video. The Trial of Chicago 7, which I did watch, and I think, Marsha, you watched that, did you not? Yeah, but it wasn't an Academy Award winner. <laughs> it was a yeah, good I mean, movie. Yeah, it was good. It was a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was on Netflix. Uh, Maneri, which is supposedly very good. You, you have to rent that one, and you can rent that on Amazon. Uh, Promising Young Women, which was a good film. I did see that. Uh, with one Carrie Night Mulligan, in Miami, by the way, was an excellent movie. Absolutely yeah, that, excellent. That was good. Uh, you can get you can watch the father, which is uh, Anthony Hopkins, that you can rent. Well, and, how can uh, people watch the Academy Awards on the internet? Well, there's a number of ways of, of you can do. You can certainly do that if you have a screen. You, you know, you can watch it on a regular TV antenna if you have one of those. Any of the cable or satellite networks you can watch. You can stream at. Uh, I believe this is on ABC, if I'm not mistaken. And you should, let's see, is it ABC? Uh, Whatever network it's on, they all have their own streaming services. Uh, So you can watch in pretty much any place. Uh, If you want to check everything out, you can go uh, to Oscars.org, and that will give you a, you know, a listing of the different places that you can go. There you go. Um, There you go. Okay. Okay, so a couple of quick movie reviews. I have to give props to HBO and HBO Max. They are doing something very unique. They're releasing their top-rated films at the same time on T- on HBO Max as they are in the theater. And yeah, it for nineteen ninety-nine of you. No, no, no. They're free. 
No, it's really? free. If you have a subscription to HBO Max, there's no additional charge. So uh, I've watched two movies. One was Godzilla versus King uh, versus Kong, oh, yeah. and the other one was Mortal Kombat, which is from the original video game. And you know what? They're both really good movies. I enjoyed them. And we them. didn't you like know? them. My husband didn't like them. So it's really? up to did you, you guys. Did, so you watched Mortal Kombat? I did. I no. I it just came it out last on. night. So it was it, on. But <laughs> my I, husband. Um, uh, yeah. None of the it just it doesn't appeal to me. I can play a video game. I'm just not into this. I like good stuff. Like One Night in Miami was a great film. Well, that's a yeah. I'm sure the totally Francis McDormand film is a great film. But the others, yeah, they're entered. Oh, and the United States versus Billie Holiday. Oh my goodness! Uh, I haven't seen that yet. I understand that's quite good. And Ma Rainey's uh, Black Bottom with Viola Davis. Yeah, that's Dale another one. Supposed Davis. to be really good. Fabulous. And that movie. was, uh, yeah, that was a good but film. But these are but movies, these two, you know. Well, but you know, this again, this is a different genre of film. I mean, if you liked, if you were a game player of Mortal Kombat, which a lot of people were, uh, it's very entertaining. And Godzilla versus King Kong. I didn't really watch the previous ones that were out. It was very entertaining. I have. Oh, to say. see, I liked the old ones because they were already set to be funky. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is kind you of King Kong to, is kind of it. Yeah, but this is thirty years later. Not so funky. Not. I just. It wasn't for me. Kurt didn't really appreciate it either. So funny. Oh, no, I, I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. But and, that's what you know, movies you... are all about. There's something for everybody. Except everybody loves Ted Lasso, and the sooner they bring oh, it yeah. back, the better. <laughs> yeah, it'll be out sometime later this year. I think it's going to be maybe September, October. Okay, so anyway, say that's goodbye, it for Mark. us, folks. Yeah, listen, have a great week. Please don't drink and drive. We want you back with us. Be safe. So this is Marsha Collier with Mark Cohen. And we're here trying to give you the latest in tech every week. So please tell your friends. Join us on the different networks. And see you next week. Download us. Like us. We really need your support. So have a great week from all of us. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication. Global food for thought.